WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio proudly presents the Marian Hour with Father Dwight Campbell, spiritual advisor to WSFI and pastor of Our Lady of Mount Carmel and St. Therese in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Good afternoon, everyone. Father Dwight Campbell here, back with another Marian Hour radio program. And I'm going to begin this Marian hour with uh, my favorite Marian prayer, the Memorare, if you would join me in this beautiful prayer in honor of Our Lady, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. <clears throat> well, I'm going to ask a question of, of Angela here, who is sitting across from me. Um, <clears throat> today, of course, is the anniversary of the last appearance of Our Lady to the three children at Fatima, October 13th, 1917. Okay. But I'm going to begin today to talk about another Marian appearance, and that was commemorated yesterday, October 12th the day that Columbus discovered America, okay? Um, but it took place much earlier than that. Okay. Do you know what I'm talking about, Angela? I She's, don't, Father, okay. wow. Well, this is, this is the, the first um, appearance of Mary to someone. It wasn't really an apparition because she appeared in person by locating. That is the 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 story. And <clears throat> this was uh, the, the appearance of Our Lady to St. James in 40 AD, and it's known under the title Our Lady uh, of the Pillar. Pillar, yeah. Okay. Nuestra Señora del Pilar, as it's known in, in Spain. It's a great feast day in, in Spain. And I'm going to talk about that for the first portion of our, our Marian Hour today because it's not too well known, and it should be, uh, this, this first uh, appearance of Mary. And <clears throat> as I said, this concerns the Apostle St. James. It's James the Greater, the brother of St. John the Evangelist, okay? And he went up traveling to evangelize uh, Hispania, okay? Roman Hispania. Uh, His Hispania, which is modern-day Spain. And he was in the, the northeastern part of that country trying to evangelize the local tribes, and he encountered many difficulties. He saw very little fruit from his apostolic efforts in converting these people, and he was discouraged, disappointed. And January 2nd is the date we uh, historically linked to this, 40 A.D., okay? He's sitting on the banks of a river in northeast Spain, the Ebro River, in modern-day Zaragoza, okay? <clears throat> Back then it was, uh, the area was known as Caesar Augusta, okay? And because he's dejected and he's ready to throw in the towel, so to speak, give up evangelization efforts, Our Lady appears to him. Now, she's living in Jerusalem at the time with St. John in 40 A.D., that's what we think. But she appears accompanied by thousands of angels uh, in order to console and encourage St. James. And she was standing on a pillar of jasper, which is like quartz, okay? And she asked St. James, and he was, St. James had about eight disciples with him, we think, uh, to build a chapel on the site that she was appearing to him. 
promising, and these are her words, that this chapel will stand from that moment until the end of time in order that God may work miracles and wonders through my intercession for all those who place themselves under my patronage. And at that time, Our Lady gave to St. James the pillar on which she had stood, along with a small wooden statue of herself holding the the infant Jesus, who was holding a dove. And uh, that statue now stands on the pillar in the basilica, which which, uh, is in, in Zaragoza in Spain. And Mary, <coughs> pardon me, Mary assured that St. James um, would, um, well, she, she assured St. James that the people of that area would become Christians, that their faith would be strong and durable as the pillar on which she stood. Uh, James, following the command of Our Lady, built a chapel and he began to convert the pagans in ancient Spain. Now, what happened to St. James after that? Well, he returned to Jerusalem. We know this. In 44 AD, he was beheaded by King Herod Agrippa, okay? And, um, And his disciples, after that, took his body to Spain. And the Spanish queen at the time, uh, she was converted after witnessing miracles performed by the apostles of St. James. <clears throat> and she had St. James's body buried in lo- a local field in the area then was Galatia, northwest Spain. Now, eight centuries later, a great cathedral is built of Compostela over his gravesite. And this is the, the destination of those who have, uh, are following the Camino, um, the, the walk, uh, Camino de Santiago, the, the pilgrimage route. Okay, they end up at the, the cathedral that was built over the gravesite of St. James. And, um, well, this is the first Marian shrine that was ever built, okay, 40 A.D. It it dates back to uh, the Church of Our Lady of the Pillar in Zaragoza um, is is the first church dedicated. You know, the the cathedral, like I said, centuries later, eight centuries later, but the chapel that St. James built was the first dedicated to Our Lady, and it remains standing to this day. In the third century, a basilica was built uh, in place of the chapel. It's the oldest basilica outside of Rome. And the, mas- the basilica was, was uh, redone, expanded several times during history, down through the centuries. And the current structure was completed in the 17th century. It's, it's beautiful. I was there uh, about five years ago on a pilgrimage. I, t- I took a group of parishioners on a pilgrimage. First we went to Fatima, and then we traveled through Spain, and I, I had always wanted to visit uh, Zaragoza and the beautiful Basilica of Our Lady of the Pillar, and we got to visit that, that basilica. Then we traveled up to, to Lourdes to finish off our trip. But the, it's, it's beautiful, the, the basilica. It's... Um, uh, uh, 11 brightly colored tiled domes. It's the second biggest church in Spain. And <clears throat> the wooden statue of Our Lady holding the baby Jesus is, is rather small. It's only 15 inches in height. And it stands on this jasper pillar, which is about uh, 5 foot 9 inches tall. Okay. And there's a crown on Our Lady's head. It's a real masterpiece. It was um, made by a number of workmen, uh, made up of, of 2,836 diamonds cut triangularly. Um, there are a number of roses, pearls, emeralds, 
62 rubies, 46 sapphires, um, and there's a crown on the baby Jesus' head too, identical in shape, although not in size to uh, the one on Our Lady, okay? Now, um, Our Lady of the Pillar is, is the patroness of all people in Spain and of all Hispanic peoples, really, okay? This is, this is considered the, um, the, the patroness of, of all Hispanic peoples. And I, I said at the beginning of my talk today, it was on this, on, um, th this feast day of Our Lady of the Pillar, October 12, 1492, Columbus, um, you know, discovered the Americas, okay? Um, and um, <coughs> I'll just mention a couple of other things about, about the, the Shrine of Our Lady of the Pillar. In 1797, this was in the wake of the French Revolution, okay? Terrible devastation throughout France. There was a priest by the name of William Joseph Chaminade, okay? He is blessed now. And um, he was a great Marian saint. Um, he founded many uh, confraternities to Our Lady. And he was in exile, as many priests were, in, from France uh, during the French Revolution in, in the years that followed. And uh, well, he took his exile in Spain, in the city of Zaragoza. And he, in 1797, he prayed before the statue of Our Lady of the Pillar, and he received the inspiration to found a congregation under the patronage of Our Lady, and that's the Society of Mary, also known as the Marianists, okay? I did my, my studies there in Mariology. Um, the University of Dayton was founded by the Marianists in, um, I think it was 18... 42, if I'm not mistaken. I, I Maybe I'm wrong on that date. It was in the 1840s. And at the University of Dayton, in the, the university library, the top floor is the Marian Library. It has the largest collection of books on Mary in the world. That's why it's a center for Marian study. And so, <coughs> uh, Blessed William Joseph Chaminade received his inspiration to found the Marianists praying before the statue of Our Lady of the Pillar in Zaragoza, Spain. Now we move forward um, a couple of hundred years. <coughs> the Spanish Civil War, okay, that was fought from 1936 to 19, 1939. <coughs> and uh, communists were trying to wipe out the faith in Spain, okay? They were funded by the Soviets at this time. Um, um, General Franco was, was trying to preserve the faith. And the communists dropped two bombs on the church, the Basilica, Our Lady of the Pillar, from an airplane, okay? They tore through the roof, they hit the floor, and they didn't go off. It was really miraculous. I was in that in in the basilica, and I saw the there are hole, the holes in the wall. You can see them to this day. Okay, <clears throat> and the bombs are on display in in on one of the walls in the basilica. Okay, some other just brief facts I'll mention: uh, the 19th century German Augustinian. Uh, she was a stigmatist, a visionary, blessed Anne Catholic. Catherine Emmerich, okay, she comments on Mary, Our Lady of the Pillars, appearance to St. James um, in her life of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, okay, and Venerable Mary of Agreda, <coughs> in her book, The Mystical City of God, wrote that the Blessed Virgin was uh, transported to Spain from Jerusalem in a cloud by angels, and it was uh, the angels who, she says, who crafted the pillar, okay, um, that, that Mary stood on. Um, 
that uh, their queen stood on holding the baby Jesus. So these are uh, <clears throat> some, you know, you could say affirmations with private revelation about the um, the story of Our Lady of the Pillar. And um, again, the a great feast that's celebrated in in Spain yesterday. So uh, it's not a feast here, but um, it's always celebrated with great fanfare in Spain. And, um, and it's so little known. That's why I wanted to talk about it today on this day following October 12th. Okay. So in the future, if you think of October 12th, Columbus discovering America, that's the day of the Feast of Our Lady of the Pillar, which is kind of neat, okay? So, well, um, that's the earliest <coughs> Marian appearance. Not really an apparition because it's a, it's a bi-location. Mary was alive at the time, <coughs> living in in Jerusalem, and she bilocates. She appears to <coughs> St. James. And we'll take a break now until we return, and we'll talk about um, October 13th, Our Lady's final appearance with the miracle of the sun at Fatima in a few minutes. from the studios of WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. Some of you may be familiar with my voice. I am Susie McGinn, a privileged volunteer at the station, and usually you hear me on our weekly program, Healing the Whole Person. Apart from our regular program, I want to give you some exciting news. You and I know that it's by God's grace and His grace alone that we are blessed to have this radio station that is totally dedicated to broadcasting truth. The fact that you, our dear listeners, can hear us, that I can speak to you, is God's doing. It's a miracle. So I'm pleased to tell you that God is challenging us to expand our listening area by eightfold. This will include portions of Michigan, Indiana, Wisconsin, and of course, Illinois. We need your continued prayers and we need your financial support. Help us fulfill God's plan for WSFI FM and all the 8 million hungry souls in our new listening area. Please, please, dear listeners, consider doubling your prayer support for us and prayerfully consider making a generous tax-free donation to help us to realize another miracle, the expansion of WSFI Catholic Radio. By faith, we thank you now for however God is leading you to fulfill His will today. To make a donation or pledge, you may do so on our website, wsficatholicradio.org, or you may mail in your prayer requests and financial help to WSFI 88.5 FM, Post Office Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. And God bless you and thank you for all you will do for us. Hi. I'm Ava Burke, a producer here at WSFI and a junior at Carmel Catholic High School. We are hoping to expand WSFI to reach up to 8 million people in the Chicagoland area. To help us reach this goal, please donate to WSFI Catholic Radio. WSFI has been a vital radio station with getting the word out to so many people. Many conversions have happened through WSFI and it has brought countless people back to the church and into the faith. 
but we cannot expand without your financial help. Please take a moment now to make a donation and go to wsficatholicradio.org or mail your check to P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois, 60048. Thank you for your help in making this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity happen. Hello, I am Bishop Don Hying from the Diocese of Gary, Indiana. Catholic Radio has a remarkable reach into the minds and hearts of all sorts of people who may not be going to church, who may not have any other connection to learning about the faith. I know so many people have grown in the Catholic faith because they listen to Catholic Radio. WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio is committed to bringing quality Catholic programs to our local community. We only can do that with your financial support. Take a moment now to donate online at wsfiradio.org or mail your tax-deductible donation to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. That's WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. Donations of any amount are greatly appreciated. The Holy Family Catholic Bookstore is blessed with the opportunity to participate with WSFI Catholic Radio in the new evangelization. Holy Family is your local resource for books, CDs, and DVDs from Catholic Answers, Ignatius Press, and all of the other fine publishers featured on Catholic Radio. Holy Family also has the area's largest selection of baptism, communion, and confirmation gifts. Holy Family Catholic Bookstore is located at 9249 Old Green Bay Road, Pleasant Prairie, Wisconsin. More information is available on Facebook. Hello, this is Father Dwight Campbell, back for the second segment of our Marian Hour. Um, in the first part of the hour today, I spoke about Our Lady of the Pillar, whose, whose feast was celebrated not in this country, not on our calendar, but in Spain. Mary appeared in 40 A.D. to St. James the Greater, on a pillar when he was ready to throw in the towel on his evangelization efforts and asked that a chapel be built. It was later a basilica. That basilica still stands. It's a great feast in, in Spain, the feast of Nuestra Señora del Pilar. So we congratulate the Spaniards for um, this beautiful Marian feast that they celebrated yesterday and today. It's, it's not a feast, but we are uh, remembering the anniversary of the final appearance of Our Lady to the Three Children at Fatima. Today is October 13th, 2021. In 1917, Our Lady began appearing to the children at Fatima uh, in May of that year, May 13th, and then she appeared <coughs> in successive months after that. And uh, I'm going to talk about the, the, the Fatima message today in the last two segments of my Marian Hour. And <coughs> I'm going to talk first of, of uh, the preparation for Our Lady, okay? Um, the year before the Blessed Mother appeared to the three children, in 1916, uh, the guardian angel of Portugal appeared to the three little children, Jacinta, Francisco, and Lucia, um, in the spring, the summer, and the fall of that year. And this was to prepare them for the coming of the Blessed Virgin Mary and to cultivate in their hearts a knowledge of the need for sacrifices, okay? to make reparation for sins and specifically Eucharistic reparation. Okay? Now, we'll, we'll go to the spring of 1916. <coughs> the angel appears in a cave to the three little children, their shepherds, uh, they're six, seven, and nine years old. 
respectively, Jacinta, Francisco, and Lucia. And the angel bows his forehead to the ground, and he taught them a prayer, this beautiful prayer of reparation. And here is the prayer. My God, I believe, I adore, I hope, and I love you. I ask pardon for those who do not believe, do not adore, do not hope, and do not love you. And after saying this three times, he said, the angel, pray thus, the hearts of Jesus and Mary are attentive to the voice of your supplications. So we see here in the first, or right at the beginning of <clears throat> the revelations related to Fatima, that reparation for sins, for the conversion of sinners, is the central theme of that Fatima message. Okay, You make reparation for sins, you, you pray to convert sinners. And as many popes have taught, this is consistent with the gospel message. What are the first words of Jesus in the gospel when he begins his public ministry? What does he say? Do you know, Angela? Yes. What, is, what does Jesus Pe say? Peace be with you. No, he doesn't no? say peace be with you. That's what after he, he rises from the dead. The first words that Jesus says as he begins his public ministry, oh. repent yeah, I did not know that and either. believe in the gospel. Okay. So repent. In other words, Jesus knows we're sinners. He knows we need repentance. <clears throat> so the message of Fatima is really um, a, a means to live out the gospel message. And also, it reveals to us that reparation and prayer for the conversion of sinners is done through the hearts of Jesus and Mary. That's what the angel is really communicating to the children when he says, pray thus the hearts of Jesus and Mary are attentive to your supplications. Okay. Now, that's in the spring of 1916. In the summer of that year, the angel appears to the children as they're playing near a well in their town. I've been at that well. Any of you who have been to Fatima have probably remember seeing this well. <clears throat> and um, this always sends a chill up my spine, you could say, when I read this account. Um, the, the angel chastises the children for not using their time well, not taking seriously the words he spoke to them earlier in the spring. And the angel says to the children, what are you doing as they're playing? The kids play. I mean, you know, what are you doing? Pray, pray very much, he said to them. The hearts of Jesus and Mary have designs of mercy on you. Then <clears throat> he says, offer prayers and sacrifices constantly to the Most High. So, in response to this command by the, the angel, Sister Lucia asks, okay, she's the oldest, how are we to make sacrifices? She wants to know because the angel says, <clears throat> offer prayers and sacrifices constantly to the Most High. Well, the angel replies, Make everything you do a sacrifice. Offer it to God as an act of reparation for sins by which he is offended and in supplication for the conversion of sinners. So, on the one hand, reparation <coughs> for sins by which God is offended. On the other hand, to supplicate for the conversion of sinners. Make sacrifices for that, that sinners will obtain grace to convert, so they stop sinning. Okay. And then the angel says, above all, accept and bear with submission the suffering which the Lord will send you. 
Okay. <clears throat> so again, we see the message, reparation for sins and making supplication for the conversion of sinners through the hearts of Jesus and Mary. Okay. That's why the angel says, the hearts of Jesus and Mary have designs on you. Okay. That's how he begins his statement in, in the summer of 1916. So now we move to the fall of 1916. And <clears throat> the children are on the outskirts of town. If you've ever been to Fatima, have you ever been there? No. No? Okay. Well, on the outside of town, I think it's about a mile outside of town, you have a little shrine built <clears throat> in the, out in the kind of the wild of, of you know, just in the foothills or whatever. And um, this is the spot. It's a, it's a, a hallow of a hill. Okay, the, the angel appears to the children, this is the fall of 1916, holding a chalice in his hands with a host above it. And from the host, the children see drops of blood falling into the chalice. The angel leaves the chalice and the host, and they're suspended in the air. And the angel prostrates himself on the ground and repeats the following prayer three times. Okay, and this is a, a, just a beautiful prayer, a prayer we can always, <coughs> we can um, repeat ourselves oftentimes, especially I, I do this on First Saturdays at, at Mount Carmel Church in Kenosha. I have First Saturday devotions, and afterwards we have, after the Mass on First Saturdays, we have... Um, um, praying the rosary, and, and this is one of the prayers that we pray. Most Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I adore you profoundly. I offer you the most precious body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ, present in all the tabernacles of the world, in reparation for the outrages, sacrileges, and indifference with which he is offended. And through the infinite merits of the most sac his most sacred heart and the immaculate heart of Mary, I beg of you the conversion of poor sinners. So, with this third and final appearance in this prayer, we, we learn that, first of all, Jesus, he's offended by sins, the sacrileges, and indifference toward his body and blood in the Eucharist, okay? That's what this prayer indicates. And how was Jesus offended by sacrileges? Well, people, this, he, he means by this what? People receiving Holy Communion in a state of mortal sin, okay? You miss Mass intentionally, just blow it off on Sunday, you commit a mortal sin. You. You steal something of, you know, value, you commit a mortal sin. You get drunk or use drugs or engage in premarital sex or extramarital sex or whatever. These are, these are mortal sins, okay? If you receive communion without going to confession, well, you commit a sacrilege. Uh, that's a greater sin than, than, than any of the sins that we committed. We don't want to receive Holy Communion sacrilegiously. As St. Paul says in 1 Corinthians, those who do so eat and drink condemnation on themselves, okay? So don't, we don't want to do that. Jesus also, in this, in this prayer the angel um, taught to the children, uh, we learn that uh, Jesus is upset, offended by indifference toward his body and blood in the Eucharist. What does he mean by indifference? Um, well, indifference means, you know, you don't really care that Jesus is in the Eucharist. If you don't go to church on Sundays, uh, <clears throat> you're showing indifference to the body and blood of our Lord. Um, if, you know, Jesus wants us to spend time in prayer before uh, his, his true substantial presence in the Eucharist, 
if you're indifferent, you just, you know, well, who cares if Jesus is there? I'll spend my time, um, you know, playing and eating, drinking, being merry, and, and um, be indifferent to, to the presence of our Lord with us, okay? Secondly, we learn from this prayer that the angel taught that um, reparation to Jesus himself and to the triune God, okay, should be offered through reception of the Eucharist, okay? Because the prayer begins, Most Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I adore you profoundly. And I'm offering the most precious body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ in reparation for the outrageous sacrilegious indifference by which he is offended, okay? So we're making reparation to Jesus, to the triune God, for offenses. How do we do this? Through, through adoration and reception of the Eucharist. And this is called the communion of reparation in, in the life and devotion of the church. Thirdly, we see that reparation for these sins and obtaining grace, the grace of conversion of sinners, is accomplished through the merits of the hearts of Jesus and Mary. Okay? That's what the angel's prayer communicates to us. Okay? Through the infinite merits of the most sacred heart of Jesus and the immaculate heart of Mary, I beg of you the conversion of poor sinners. So the hearts of Jesus and Mary are so central to the Fatima message. In fact, this third apparition of the angel in the fall of 2016 may be viewed as a communion of reparation through the hearts of Jesus and Mary because the children received communion. Okay, the angel gave them communion. Okay. Lucia had already made her first communion and <coughs> I think it was the first communion for Jacinta and Francisco, if my memory serves me. Okay. And if we take these three angelic appearances as a whole, we see at the very onset of the Fatima message um, in what may be called the preparatory revelations for the coming of Our Lady that the hearts of Jesus and Mary take a central place. Okay? Reparation for sin conversion made through the hearts of Jesus and Mary, which symbolize their interior lives. Okay? And now we're going to move to you know, the following year. The first apparition of Our Lady to the children is May 13th. That's a feast day. Okay? It was placed as a feast day by Pope St. John Paul II. And this is at the Covideria, a large natural you know, hallow in the, in the rock um, outside the village of Fatima. And Our Lady, on, this is the first of her six appearances, once a month, May through October, to uh, Jacinta, Francisco, and Lucia. And each time that Mary appears, she's exhorting them to do something. What is she exhorting them to do? She's stop offending God. Well, one of the things. Oh, well, that's the angel. Well, well, they aren't really offending God, yeah. but she's Praying. she tells them pray the what? Rosary. rosary. That's the it. Rosary. She's got the rosary in her hand yeah. every time, telling them to pray for sinners, to obtain peace. Okay, convert sinners, obtain peace through the rosary, okay? and also to make sacrifices for that same purpose in reparation for sins committed against our Lord and Mary's Immaculate Heart. This is why I like to say to people, um, it is a command of God to pray the rosary every day. We're going to take a break here, a short break, and we will be back in just a couple of minutes to finish up talking about Our Lady's appearance at Fatima, Portugal in 1917.
Want an example of a false sense of security? How about relying on the life insurance you get through work to pay for all of your final expenses? Do you have plans to retire someday? Or do you plan on working for that company for the rest of your life? The fact is, you may lose your life insurance when you leave a company. I'm Matt Tomlinson from Catholic Financial Life, and I invite you to share your hopes and dreams with me. To discuss your options for protecting your family, call me at 847-548-MAT. That's 847-548-6288. Products and services not available in all states. Hi, my name is Irene Sherapata. My husband, Alex, and I are volunteers for WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio is our family's source of truthful and trustworthy information regarding the Catholic faith, the church, our religion, and state of the world in these trying times. My husband, Alex, and I are greatly rewarded for our volunteer work at WSFI by working with such lovable and like-minded people and by meeting and hearing firsthand some of our, the most respected, wise, and interesting guest speakers. Its programmings on healing the whole person has helped so many and is truly inspired by God. This radio station is really a school of Catholic thought and source of wisdom. We have learned so much, and our faith and love for God has increased so much that we hope to share it with everyone we meet. We hope and pray that WSFI 88.5 FM would soon reach the entire Chicagoland population. You, too, can help WSFI bring millions of souls to God. See how you can support their effort by calling WSFI Catholic Radio at 224-206-8455 or online at WSFICatholicRadio.org for your donation. Thank you very much, and uh, God bless you. The Holy Family Catholic Bookstore is blessed with the opportunity to participate with WSFI Catholic Radio in the new evangelization. Holy Family is your local resource for books, CDs, and DVDs from Catholic Answers, Ignatius Press, and all of the other fine publishers featured on Catholic Radio. Holy Family also has the area's largest selection of baptism, communion, and confirmation gifts. Holy Family Catholic Bookstore is located at 9249 Old Green Bay Road, Pleasant Prairie, Wisconsin. More information is available on Facebook. Hello, this is Father Dwight Campbell. I'm back for the third segment of the Marian Hour, and we're, we're talking on this <clears throat> Wednesday, October 13th, the anniversary of Our Lady's final appearance at Fatima in 1917. I'm talking about the Fatima message, and, and I spoke in the, the previous segment of how the the Guardian Angel of Portugal came in 1916 at three, ta three times, the spring, the summer, the fall, <coughs> to really prepare the children for Our Lady, uh, Our Lady's coming to them. Our Lady appears the first time, May 13, 1917, the first of six times. Every time she's holding a rosary, exhorting the children to pray the rosary daily to convert sinners, to obtain peace in the world, and to make sacrifices for that same purpose. In June of 1917, Our Lady told Lucia that <clears throat> Jacinta and Francisco would soon be taken to heaven, but that she would remain on the earth to make known Our Lady, to make her known and loved, and to establish in the world, devotion to Mary's Immaculate Heart. Okay. And <coughs> we'll move to the July 13th, 1917 apparition now. This is what's known as the Secret of Fatima. It consisted in three parts. The first part, there was a vision of hell. And 
Lucy described this vision, demons, souls in human form, in a great sea of fire, amid shrieks, groans of pain and despair. And Our Lady said to them, sacrifice yourselves for sinners. And say many times, especially whenever you make a sacrifice, O Jesus, it is for love of you and for the conversion of sinners and in reparation for sins committed against the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Okay. <clears throat> so the first part of the secret was a vision of hell. The second part of the secret, Our Lady promised that she would come, pardon me, that peace would come through devotion to her Immaculate Heart and that God would punish the world if it didn't repent of its sins with a worse war to follow the present war which was raging, that was World War I, along with persecutions of the Church and of the Holy Father. And the second part of the secret included a promise by Our Lady to come at a later time and to ask at this later time for a communion of reparation on first Saturdays of each month to convert Russia and bring about world peace. And also that um, the Holy Father consecrate Russia to her Immaculate Heart, okay? And <clears throat> so the third part of the secret was really a prophetic vision which was revealed only in the year 2000, okay? Sister Lucy had revealed the other two parts of the secret back in the 19. 40s, but uh, the third part of the secret was, was not revealed until 2000, and um, it consisted in, in a number of scenes. One scene, Our Lady appeared along with an angel a little above her who was holding a flaming sword, and the angel cries out, penance, penance, penance. Then the children see another scene. They saw priests religious making their way up a steep mountain, a bishop dressed in white, whom they understood to be the Pope, passed through a city, half in ruins, all this devastation, reaches the top of the mountain, kneels down besides a big, at the foot of a big cross. Then he was killed by a group of soldiers who fired bullets and arrows at him. Okay. And it seems that this prophecy was fulfilled with the assassination attempt by Ali Aga on Pope John Paul II. And significantly, that assassination attempt took place on May 13th, 1981, the anniversary of the first apparition of Our Lady at Fatima. Ali Aga shot John Paul II. The bullet passed through the Pope's chest, was traveling through soft tissue, on a path directly toward his heart when it changed path. John Paul later said it was the mother's hand that guided the bullet's path. Okay. And, um, <clears throat> well, we'll move on to the apparition of September 13, 1917. Um, again, Our Lady asked the children to pray the rosary in order to obtain an end to the war. And then she promised on September 13th that in October, I will perform a miracle so that all may believe. The children were asking for a miracle that people would believe that she was appearing. And on October 13th, 1917, um, Mary appears to the three children she identifies herself in these words, I am the Lady of the Rosary. Then she says, continue to pray always, the Rosary every day. And after this, Lucy says that she and Jacinta and Francisco saw a series of visions. First, they saw the Holy Family with, with St. Joseph holding the infant Jesus. Okay. Something to remember on this 13th day of October, in this year of St. Joseph, okay? 
and Joseph and the infant Jesus are blessing the world. Then another scene, Our Lady of Sorrows. Mary appears as Our Lady of Sorrows. And then a third scene of Our Lady, she appears as Our Lady of Mount Carmel, and she's holding in her hand the brown scapular. Okay. And um, it was during these visions, this the series of three visions of Our Lady, three scenes of Our Lady, that the miracle of the sun, as it's called, took place. Seventy to 80,000 people are present, and many are coming there to scoff at the, the uh, miracle that the children said would take place, okay? There were Freemasons there, there were atheists um, writing for the secular newspapers to, to mock what what um, was going on, and they couldn't deny what they saw, however, okay? 70,000 people witnessed for 12 minutes the sun dance, shoot forth, color, zigzag across the sky, and then plunge toward the earth, and then it returned to its normal place. So... Uh, it had been raining all morning. You can see pictures of this, okay, photos um, with people in rain gear, puddles all over. And uh, after the miracle of the sun takes place, um, everything was dry as a bone, okay? So there's no, no explanation for this. It's related to this miracle of the sun. Now, <clears throat> I'm going to go back to July 13, 1917. Our Lady promised, this is one of the secrets, she would later come to ask for the consecration of Russia to her Immaculate Heart and a communion of reparation for sins committed against her heart on first Saturdays. This promise of Our Lady was fulfilled later through Sister Lucia. Now, Jacinta and Francisco, they die of influenza, you know, the great flu of, of 1918. You know, this, is, this is what kills them. And uh, <coughs> Sister Lucia enters religious life. She's first a, a Dorothean nun, and she's in Pontevedra, Spain. It's December 12th, pardon me, December 10th, 1925, and in this convent, in the chapel, Mary appears with the infant Jesus, who's on a cloud. Mary shows Sister Lucia her immaculate heart covered with thorns. She's holding it in her hand, and she asks for reparation for sins which afflict her heart, and she makes this promise, okay? She says, I promise to assist at the hour of death with all the graces necessary for salvation all those who on the first Saturday of five consecutive months confess their sins, receive Holy Communion, pray five decades of the Rosary, and in addition to five decades of the Rosary, okay, keep me company for another 15 minutes while meditating on the 15 mysteries of the rosary with the intention of making reparation to me. Okay, So um, this is, uh, you could say, a, a compliment to the nine first Fridays that Jesus asked St. Margaret Mary Alico. You know, you make nine first Fridays, communion of reparation, Jesus promises to save for all the grace necessary um, to, to be saved. Mary makes a similar promise five first Saturdays. Okay, But what do you have to do on those five first Saturdays? Well, <coughs> you go to confession, you receive Holy Communion, and um, pray five decades of the rosary, then meditate another 15 minutes on the mysteries of the rosary. Now there are 20 
mysteries okay, of, the, of the rosary. We have the luminous mysteries. You can meditate for 15 minutes on these and, and you satisfy Our Lady's request if you do this for five consecutive months in a row, five first Saturdays, okay? And Mary reveals here that in some mysterious way we can console, repair for the outrages, injuries to her heart, which she suffered at the foot of Calvary, okay? Our sins and the sins of others by receiving Holy Communion. A Holy Communion in reparation for sins against her heart along with praying the rosary, meditating upon the mysteries, going to confession, okay? Now, on June 13th, 1929, Sister Lucia was living in a convent in Toy, Spain. She has a vision while praying before the Blessed Sacrament in the convent. And Our Lady appears. She sees Jesus on the cross with blood dripping from his heart into a chalice. Mary says, the moment has come. God asks the Holy Father, the Pope, in union with all the bishops throughout the world to make Consecration of Russia to my Immaculate Heart, to save it by this means, so that many souls whom the justice of God condemns um, may, may be saved. I've come to ask reparation. So um, these words indicate that the consecration of Russia, its conversion to bring about world peace, is tied to reparation for sins and the conversion of sinners. Okay. I'll say this. I've just got a couple of minutes left here. March 25th, 1984, John Paul II, in union with the bishops of the world, consecrates the world, including Russia, it's his intention, to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Sister Lucy was asked about this. She said this satisfied the requests of Our Lady. And um, I'll say something else here, too. Um, Sister Lucia, in 1930, wrote a letter to her spiritual director. She made clear in this letter that, that <coughs> the five for Saturdays, along with the consecration of Russia, should be interpreted together for the conversion of Russia. And uh, Father Joaquin Alonso, who was the great Fatima scholar, promoter of the cause for Jacinta and Francisco, you know, he he said yes. You know, the the consecration of Russia to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, along with First Saturdays communion of reparation on First Saturdays, are both needed for the total conversion of Russia. Okay. Not only to throw off communism, but to bring it back in union with, with the Catholic Church. Okay. Now, interestingly, um, after that March 25th, 1984 consecration, Sister Lucia gave an interview to a Portuguese journalist. She made this statement, the consecration of 1984 prevented a nuclear war, which would have occurred in 1985. Yeah. And, um, well, I see I just have a few seconds left. Uh, we, other good fruits came from that consecration, but we need people to make the first Saturday devotions, communion of reparation to Mary's Immaculate Heart, because the mystical body of Christ, that is us, needs to support that consecration of, of John Paul II, of Russia to Mary, Mary's Immaculate Heart. Let us pray as the close of, of this Marian hour. We fly to thy patronage, O Holy Mother of God. Despise not our prayers and our necessities, but ever deliver us from all danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You have been listening to The Marian Hour with Father Dwight Campbell. For a free copy of this recording, please visit us at wsfipodbean.com.